With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. New week uh, to the Kurt Schilling Baseball Show. Uh, I'm Kurt Schilling. Bill Graff is uh, playing shortstop. Good morning, Bill. Good afternoon. (laughs) Hey there, Kurt. How are you? How was your weekend? It was an amazing, amazing week. I am now the proud father of a United States Marine. Um, I got to go to Paris Island and and watch my youngest son Garrison graduate. And uh, we drove. We took an RV down, and then uh, he we drove back. So the the ten hours was uh, story filled. And like I said, I've been blessed. I've had four amazing kids, and then my youngest is is uh, now uh, in the core. So great, great weekend. Um, and some phenomenal stories. We're going to touch on some injuries this week, uh, a, a particularly ghastly one, a hot start down in Florida, um, and then talk about some pitchers that are getting after it. Um, and then uh, we're going to close talking about something that uh, I'm going to assume a lot of people in uh, day-to-day life go through uh, that you don't see a lot in sports, but when you do, it is a, it's a headliner. So, uh, let's, let's, uh, let's get to the show, Billy. You bet. You bet. Let's start in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Let's start in Pittsburgh where, uh, and I, I tweeted out the, uh, after seeing this, the game loses whenever, uh, generational talents, not on the field. And this kid, if you haven't seen him yet, there's a six foot seven inch shortstop in the major leagues, um, named O'Neill Cruz with the Pittsburgh pirates, uh, who was hurt over the weekend, uh, on what might be one of the worst slides I've ever seen. Um, there is, uh, a, a definitively fundamental way to slide, uh, in different, at different bases as well as home plate. Um, and if you've seen the highlight, you'll know that he wasn't doing any of them. And, um, he fractured his ankle. Wasn't Joe Theismann horrible, but you could see it. It was bad. And, uh, they're saying 10 to 12 weeks. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say a lot longer than that. Um, and I just hope that the fracture wasn't of the of the level that it will impede this kid's physical ability because he is a special special talent. The amazing thing to me though is is and it's a result of the new game. And in the new game I mean bringing kids up from the minor leagues before they have enough at bats, enough games under their belt to have learned all of the fundamentals that you're supposed to learn in the minor leagues, sliding of which is is one of them. Um this could have been career ending, Billy. And and like I said, I this kid caught me off guard. Uh, when I saw him, the first couple of highlights, I saw him. He was throwing 100 miles an hour from shortstop. Um, but what a gifted talent! This was a this was a horrible thing to watch on video. Yeah, terrible to watch, and it, you know, especially a leg injury for a kid with wheels like that. It's it, it was hard to watch. Yeah, well, and especially when you consider you're you're talking about probably the most intense lateral movement position in baseball, which is shortstop um, for a kid that's six, seven already. Uh, and, and 
for those of you who don't know, that's by far and away the tallest shortstop in the history of Major League Baseball to play routinely. Uh, and he is a monumental talent. Um, uh, on a side note to that, the bench is cleared almost immediately afterwards while he lay there writhing on the ground and the trainer attending him to, to his broken ankle. Uh, the, apparently the catcher um, said something to uh, uh, Sebi Zavala, um, of the White Sox said something to him. Um, and I don't know what it was, but it clearly uh, somebody in the on-deck circle uh, around the plate saw it and they they the bench is emptied. And there was some, some punches being thrown, but um, horrible slide, horrible injury, horrible result, uh, bench clearing brawl and baseball misses one of its, one of its supreme talents for probably – I would bet longer than three months, but does the pirate fans know the, one of the few reasons to go out and watch that team in what is one of the coolest stadiums ever built uh, now becomes even less. Uh, in yeah, Boston- Kurt, and yeah, they were ahead. actually off to a six and three start. I mean, yeah. 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 They're the pirates, but they, <laughs> yeah, no, they, I get it. They are. And, and, you know, it's, it's one of those things. There are certain teams uh, we're going to talk about one of them who they get off to a hot start and you know it's real. There are other teams who play well early in the schedule uh, and it's not sustainable. Um, and I think Pittsburgh is one of those, unfortunately, because uh, the city deserves better. Uh, uh, I was saying uh, Boston, Adam Duvall um, made a diving catch, hurt his wrist, his left wrist, uh, which is the wrist he had season-ending surgery last year. Uh, and... Um, we're, we still haven't gotten an update as of uh, tape time, um, but that's going to, you know, I, I don't know in the grand scheme of things that's going to matter because I don't think that Red Sox are going to be a factor in the East. Um, but again, you hate to see that kind of stuff. And and, and, and what a start the season he was off to. Batting yeah. 455. Yeah. Yeah. Off to Four bombs already. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was uh, th- those kind of things are um, well, and you know we talked about this during spring training. You can't be one injury away from being out of it. Um, right. You know, maybe midseason after four or five guys have gone down and you're using the DL, and it becomes something you can mention as a reason. Um, but when it's one player, no matter how hot he is, and that player walks uh, or or is off the roster and not playing. If that costs you any chance for the postseason, you weren't really a serious contender anyway. This baseball season uh, is truly a battle of attrition. 162 games, you're going to have guys get hurt. You're going to have uh, guys on the injured list for 10 days and whatnot. Um, but these both these injuries, uh, like I said, I think Cruz is going to be far longer than three months. Uh, I hope he's the same player when he gets back. Duvall, I don't know. Um, but the wrist is clearly, you know, in baseball is is – doesn't matter if it's your throwing wrist or the other wrist when talking about hitting and fielding and stuff, it's a huge thing. Um, and hope, so hopefully both those guys are back faster than we thought. Um, team, I, I hesitated to mention them preseason because in my mind, they, okay, let me back up a team with probably as much young talent as any team I talked about in the preseason, if not more, the team that's been at the top of the the rankings for for organizations and organizational talent and prospects, uh, Tampa. Uh, they are nine and zero as of this taping. Um, that's the first team in what nineteen years to win uh, uh, nine out of the gate. Um, 
there's a couple underlying numbers that I always look at when they see things like that. And one of the numbers that, that is now posted, it was never something in the, in the olden days was the run differential. Uh, their, their pitching staff, not their bullpen or their rotation, their pitching staff is pitching to an ERA of 1.89 with a whip of 0. 0.94. Um, and they've given up only 17 earned runs in nine games, less than two runs a game. Um, and they're hitting 289 with 24 bombs, which leads the big leagues, obviously. Um, but run differential, which is something that I've come to really pay attention to as, a, as an observer of the game. I think it's a tremendously telling statistic in the NFL and the NHL goal differential and point differential and stuff like that. Um, they are at 57, plus 57. They've scored 57 more runs than their opponents. Second place. Second place in the big leagues, not in the AL or NL. Second place in the big leagues is the Milwaukee Brewers at plus 25. They are plus 32 runs better than every that, – that's that's insane. And I think it's legit. Um, uh, Wander Franco is has been touted for years as, as potentially the top prospect in all of baseball. Generational talent again. Um, and they've littered their organization with prospects on the mound and, and in the field. And – uh, doing so because they recognize, I think, as as we all have come to see, you've got six years with these guys, and that's over because they don't they don't sign players to long term extensions, they don't have the finances to do that. So so they'll end up making the deals where they go out and rob a team like the Pittsburgh Pirates, um, which they did in the trade that they had made with with the Pirates. But um, I it's real, I, and I don't you know I always had them as kind of third in the East. Um, but this is one of those starts that can, I a long time ago, probably before over half of you were born, uh, the Detroit Tigers uh, in 1985 started out 35 and five uh, in their first 40 games. Season was over uh, at that point. You can't make that. You can't make that ground. And that's the thing. You can't make that ground up. Doesn't matter how good of a season everyone else is having when another team runs away from the pack. Very much like the Boston Bruins in the NHL this year. Um, if you're in the AL East, you can't have a bad week right now until they come back to earth, if they come back to earth. Because when you end up falling, here's the thing to think about. When you're 10 to 12 games behind in the standings, which can easily happen right now with a team that's hot, you've got to be 12 games better than the team you're chasing for the rest of the season. And as the season goes on, you start to look at that, you know, 12. we have to be 12 games better. Well, when there's 24 games left, you know, you need to be 24 and 0 if they go 12 and 12 that kind of thing. Um, and then when you stack multiple teams on top of yourself and that first place team, the postseason looks even more impossible. However, uh, and and Bill, I think this is one of the things baseball had hoped on, um, the new playoff schedule changes that. You, you're no longer having to win your division, more teams in it later in the season, I think really kind of prevents a start like this from eliminating a, an entire division. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I think it keeps September that much more interesting and the entire season that much more interesting yeah. because there's more teams vying yeah. for the ability to get in. Well, the bit and one of the big uh media points at a, in a season, attention grabbing points is that trade deadline, right? And, and when the trade deadline hits and there's 30 plus teams and 26 of them are buyers 
it's fascinating. When eight of them are buyers, it's a whole lot less fascinating. And I think that uh, they've recognized that. Um, but I, I do want to jump to another team. Uh, and I hesitated to mention them in the preseason. Uh, but every time I thought about them, I thought about their manager, who I was a, a teammate of and who I think is incredibly underrated. And that's the Brewers. Uh, they're seven and two in the central. Uh, and Craig Council is, I think, one of the better managers, knowing him as a person and having chatted with him a little bit as he, uh, as a manager, um, he is absolutely uh, a, a quote-unquote player's manager. And they're off to a 7-2 and two start, despite the fact probably one of the three or four best pitchers in the game, Corbin Burns, is uh, sporting an ERA of 9.64, which, by the way, I recognize that number because that was my ERA after my first call-up in the big leagues. Uh, and then uh, in nine innings, he's only gone nine innings, 11 hits, walked five, uh, struggled like crazy, um, but they're still 7-2. and two. So uh, I don't know. And, and and with the second best run differential in baseball, a much more realistic and down to earth plus 25. Uh, that's still in nine games. Plus 25 is again, you're talking about on average three runs a game, almost better than your opponent. That's, that's impressive. So be curious to see how that pans out. And, and, and Bill, the other thing about this is, and we're going to talk about the trash heap uh, uh, that are Detroit and Oakland right now. The other thing to talk about is the 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 schedule, the change in the schedule. These schedules, uh, Milwaukee won't see um, the Cardinals eighteen times, and the 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 Rays won't see uh, the Yankees and the Red Sox eighteen times, and that's gonna that's gonna have a profound effect on these teams with hot starts and not hot starts. Absolutely, and a team like Milwaukee not having to play the Cardinals that many times. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you you're, getting, like you're getting the, you're getting the Marlins uh, and you're getting the Rockies um, and you're getting, you know, uh, on the, on the days Sandy Alcantara doesn't pitch. That's a great thing. Um, but yeah, and you're so, getting the Tigers and the A's. Right. Exactly. Right. You're getting the Tigers. You're getting the A's. You're getting the Royals. Um, so anyway, uh, speaking of the Tigers and A's, um, they're combined four and 14 as of this taping heading into this week. Uh, and their combined minus their combined run differential is minus 80 minus 45 in, in Oakland, minus 35 in Detroit. Uh, Oakland's hitting 192 with the Tigers hitting 205. Uh, Oakland ranks 29th, Detroit 28th in slugging. Um, yeah. ERA in Oakland, seven point staff wide, 7.54. Um, Detroit 6.84 and, and uh, more importantly, Detroit has had zero quality starts. Um, and Detroit was a team that kind of surprised me in the sense that I thought that their young talent uh, was going to come to fruition and they were going to get into that division into the thick of that division. Uh, and that's just not happening. And Oakland's just seeing the byproduct of, I think Billy Bean can only pull so much magic out of his hat. Um, he's done it for a long, long time. But that that they need to lose their franchise in Oakland. They need to yeah. uh, they need to move to Vegas or to Nashville. Um, uh, same thing with with uh, the Marlins. Um, and, and I don't blame the fans for not going, but those markets aren't going to thrive. They're not going to they're not going to turn around and suddenly be three million in attendance and without revenue sharing. Neither one is sustainable um, in either market. Um, so near and dear to my heart, obviously, is pitching. 
Uh, and there's a couple guys who, uh, who have started off, uh, hot, uh, hot is a kind of an understatement. Um, and it's always hard for me to get horribly excited or overly excited, excuse me, when, uh, you're talking about 11 innings, but that's what we do now with starting pitching, uh, Dylan cease, uh, 2-0, 11 in the third innings, punched out 18, giving up three hits. <laughs> he a uh, little wild in his last start, um, but that's the kind of guy that throws a no-hitter, that effectively wild guy. Um, I I'm not putting myself in their category, but if you look back, Greg Maddox, probably the best command of any pitcher ever. Um, Roger Clemens uh, and I and Tom Glavin, uh, 400, you're talking about almost 1500 to 2000 starts. No, no hitters. Uh, guys that are in the strike zone generally don't throw no hitters because they throw too many strikes. Um, and, but, and guys like Dylan sees the bat doesn't touch the ball nearly often enough. Well, and I'll ask you quickly trivia, the, the, who's thrown the most no hitters in the history of major league baseball. Ooh. With I seven. don't know. Nolan Ryan. Nolan threw seven. Zero for the Mets. Right. And effectively, Wild would define Nolan Ryan. Well, that's when you have a guy that's effectively wild with that much power, it just doesn't work uh, for hitters. They're not comfortable. And every now and then when it clicks in, you know, I, I think one of the exceptions, obviously, I think Verlander has two or three. Um, and we're actually going to talk about him in a minute. Um, and he's a strike thrower. Uh, Scherzer, uh, same thing. Uh, Garrett Cole, who punched out, it felt like every hitter he saw opening day, um, has thrown his 2 0, 12 innings, 19 punch outs, uh, six hits given up, um, 0.73 ERA. All the, the, all the peripherals for these two guys, for Cease and for Cole, are. If you're a fantasy owner that drafted them, maybe you thought it was a little early. You didn't. These guys are going to be horses. Um, and uh, I'm looking at uh, magical, magical seasons. And we talked about this, uh, Bill, uh, earlier uh, with trying to figure out what was actually going on with Justin Verlander and the injury. Uh, you know, it was a commentary around his uh, uh, Terry's major, uh, lat, this and that. We weren't really sure what it was. But the fact of the matter is, uh, I think it's going to be a while. Um, he's talking now, he being Justin, because the team isn't, um, he's talking now about being back sometime in April. Um, but the problem is, it's hard to define this. I don't know what, apparently the quote is, he, he's upped his throwing regiment to 75%. I'm not really sure what that means. If it's 75% effort, um, and he's ready to take the leash off. He will be back pitching. He says he's going to be back uh, before the end of April. Uh, I would say absolutely no chance. Um, you're talking about uh, at least, at least one, if not two, I would think, rehab starts because uh, the the disconnect from spring training to the season being extended by an injury is is different than in any other coming out any other time. Um, and, you know, the Mets, well, the Mets fans are Mets fans. That they're not seven or eight and nine and oh and and dominating is making them panic. 
Uh, and having a Verlander back is far better than not. But uh, I would tell you, the longer you wait, the better you should feel uh, for the year. Uh, although, again, Bill, I always worry about stuff like that. When there's a trap injury or a Terry's minor or Terry's major injury, that generally is a result of something other, something, another uh, uh, structural situation that isn't good. And not having that defined scares me a little bit when it comes to a Verlander. So I, well, I'm saying no ways. And a 41 year old. Right, right, right. Uh, but I'm, I'm saying no chance for, for the end of April, but hopefully I'm wrong. Um, and the guy, we talked about him early in, early in the show when we first started uh, as we moved into camp, a guy we kept our eye on, a guy who made the team a lot. Of, he was he was like uh, I think Batty for the Mets, a guy who had a chance to make the team, but people were thinking oh, he'll probably start in the minor leagues. But uh, Jordan Walker with the Cardinals uh, has has a 2023 hitting streak. He's hitting every game. Um, he's hitting 350, three homers, eight eight uh, RBIs, and. Um, I don't even like to 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 make reference to this next piece of data, but thank you for including it, Bill. He is the only player in the majors born in 2002. Yeah, 2002. Think about there. that. No, I can't. I was 36, <laughs> and and that's makes me sick to my stomach. Um, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna uh, uh, kind of close. This is towards the end of the show, talking about something that we might get into depending on, on how fans feel about it. Uh, Austin Meadow, um, who is, uh, uh, I think a potential, uh, super, superstar, big high pick, uh, came over to the Tigers in a deal. Um, he went on the IL with, uh, what they defined as anxiety, um, and joins Daniel Bard, who is on the IL with the same issue. And the Daniel Bard stuff I saw coming, it, it, my heart dropped. When I saw the outing and he threw the hit the batter through the wild pitches, um, there was that pit of my stomach feeling that maybe he had fallen back into that trap. And um, anxiety, I think, is a a uh, a very lighthearted term. It's almost like sprain. People don't understand, I think, how serious it can be. I I got to tell you, I I actually, Bill, I went through something at the end of my career. Uh, and I kept it under wraps for the entire last year of my career on the mound. But I, I developed uh, the yips in a sense. I could not uh, I could not come set in the stretch and throw over to first base if I didn't do it immediately. So when I would come set, I would have to throw over immediately or I couldn't throw over. I would balk. And I couldn't stop it. I did it. I went to practice and practiced it and practiced it. And when I got in a game, couldn't stop it. And so, and thankfully I, what I ended up doing was I alternated between throwing over immediately and holding the ball till somebody called timeout um, to, to vary the run game. I was always quick to home plate, but I couldn't throw over if I held on to the ball. So I couldn't hold the ball for three or five and then go over. I had to go immediately. And uh, it was the weirdest thing that I, and I couldn't fix it. And I was, I, it was so, it was kind of scary for me because uh, I can remember thinking about it in a game. I had to think about it before it, it happened. I had to think like, okay, I'm going to throw over this time. And I almost had to say it out loud to do it. And it was very weird and totally uh, out of control of my control, which was even scarier, especially when you're talking about um, athletes. This and, and for those of you that are much younger than than me, 
you, there's a gentleman who I grew up a pirate fan in the seventies, a gentleman named Steve Blass pitched for the Pittsburgh pirates. And he, he was the first person to develop, uh, and they called it Steve Blass disease. Uh, Steve Sachs at second base, Chuck Knobloch, uh, second Rick, base. Rick, yeah, yeah, second base, Rick Ankiel was the big modern day issue, uh, person player as a top pitcher, probably a, a potential Sandy Koufax like career, derailed and eliminated when they put him on the mound in game one of the playoffs. And he, it was, it ended his career on the mound. Um, unbelievably he came back and played every day in the big leagues as an outfielder, which is absurd. Um, but it's real. I watched I mean, I can remember watching Steve Sachs couldn't throw the ball from second base to first base. And when I say couldn't throw the ball, I mean, he just spiked it. And I watched Chuck, no Chuck Knobloch do that uh in uh 04 with the yank or uh i'm sorry 01 with the yankees and it ended pretty much ended his career um horrifying stuff and and i i worked with sports psychologists so we may end up actually getting uh a sport one of my former guys uh on here to talk about it because it's a real thing and i would ima absolutely imagine it, it is a thing in real life as well um and i'll tell you the the encouraging thing to me about this kurt is that baseball teams are are allowing these guys to go on the DL? Yeah, you know, in your generation of players, see ya. Yeah, you're not. Yeah. You weren't going on the DL with anxiety, nope. but no. Nope. Fortunately, in 2023, you weren't even admitting it. You, right. you wouldn't admit it because back then it was all men were men, and you know you didn't admit it. And it's hit far more athletes far more often than anybody. I played with a guy. Jim Eisenreich, who uh, was one of the most talented athletic human beings I ever played with, who had Jim had Tourette's and he also had performance anxiety. He was a huge prospect with the twins uh, and couldn't do it. Walked off, walked away from the game, came back and uh, thankfully was in the on the 93 team and it was a teammate and one of the greatest human beings I've ever met. Um, but I've known I, it's it's hard for me to fathom that given that the your entire life when you get to, for the most part, every player in the big league spent their entire life in front of the microscope uh, at some, if not all levels. Chipper Jones was from the day he was in, you know, 12 years old till he got to the big leagues was touted, covered, watched probably as much as anybody. Um, so it's hard for me to understand that, uh, uh, I, but it does exist. I absolutely unequivocally without a doubt believe it. Um, closing note. I, 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 I want to no, end go. the show. Yep. Uh, uh, this final note, because yes. I wanted. To, yes, you made this point, and you yes. were absolutely correct. I, I wanted because you're going to see more of this, by the way. So, in, in a move of sorts, the Minnesota Twins have decided that they're going to serve beer at the ballpark until the end of the eighth inning, instead of traditional, traditionally ending the end of the seventh. Um, we predicted that it's going to happen. On a on a on a side side note, Bill. I don't see any upside to this because you're allowing people to drink closer to the end of the game, which means potentially you're allowing people who have drank the ability to get behind the wheel sooner. And I don't like that at all. There I'm was, with you. There's always a reason. There was always a reason I thought why, Hey, let's cut it off because generally in the old, old days, you had an hour between the seventh and the end of the game. And, you know, hopefully uh, millions of lives were saved because people that might have been a little tipsy sobered up a little bit in that hour. 
uh, that's not going to be, I don't see this as a good thing. I really don't. And uh, you know, that doesn't, it's not really going back to the pitch clock and all this other stuff, but the fact of the matter is uh, you're going to see a lot more clubs doing this. Um, I think the other thing you're going to see, Bill, I think you're going to see teams opening the gates sooner. Um, Generally what happens when uh, home, home teams will open the gates for uh, home team batting practice or for visitors batting practice for the most part, or uh, to some degree batting practice. I think you're going to see teams open the gates sooner, allowing fans in sooner, which is going to allow them to start drinking sooner, which means you'll start seeing fights sooner earlier in the game. Uh, And, inebriated fans getting tossed out earlier in the game um which is again not a great thing but this is what happens because baseball wants its money and if you're cutting into that which there's no doubt in my mind it well it's just mathematically impossible that this isn't impacting the bottom line it's impossible it has to be you're selling uh 18 beers for almost an hour and a half less a night or an hour less and that's that is not a a good thing for major league owners so uh, listen again, Hey, I, uh, congratulations to my youngest son, Garrison on becoming a, I, I said, Bill, I think it's pretty cool. If you think about life, you graduate from college, you graduate from things, you graduate into the Marines, which I think is very, very cool. So, uh, to all of the, uh, Delta company, um, first recruit training battalion at Paris Island who graduated on Friday, God bless you all uh semper fidelis and i hope you guys had uh, are having a nice 10 days off because you're back at it again in about a week boys so and girls um billy uh well congratulations kurt and thank you and may they all stay safe Absolutely. in protecting our fine nation yes so. yes so hey i'll uh i'll see you again friday bill um absolutely in the meantime i'll will, be will at Ray, hey will the rays be what 14 and 0 when we see each other again um, if they are, that moves to the first story in the show. Yes, it does. It does. Uh, so I'll see you again Friday. And I, I forgot I had another really witty thing to say, which clearly wasn't witty enough for me to remember. We'll um, save it for Thursday. Yes. Outkick.com, folks. Check us out at outkick.com. Quick episodes, 20, 30 minutes, some pretty cool interviews already with Dave Hollins and uh, Lenny Dykstra, former teammates of mine. And we'll have more in the future. But uh, we stay baseball, all baseball, all the time. Have a great week. And by the way, kudos to Tampa Bay for bringing back the Devil Ray uniforms in a throwback day. Well done.